Hello, and welcome to This Week at Charlestown Road, a branch of the Heavenbound podcast. My name is Jason Harden. I'm here with Roger Schaus, and this is where we reflect on the weekend that was. We dig a little deeper into a recent sermon to give you something to think about as this week unfolds, but also preview what's to come this next weekend at Charlestown Road. Roger, for many, August means a variety of different things, back to school, maybe summer vacations winding down. But here in the life of our church family, we're devoting the month of August to growing in some really important principles as it relates to the way God wants church families to work. We are. We are. We are looking at in this month of August. We're doing a series about God's organization, and for a lot of people, it might be well, I don't really care. It's you know, it's it's not my part or anything. But God wants us to know, and it's not uncommon in a big corporation for uh, there to be a change of personnel at the top, and everyone else just keeps working. They have no say or anything. But when we see how God structures the church, it's a lot different than that. It's not structured like a franchise. It's not structured like some massive organization with just layers and layers and layers of different personnel and things moving around nationwide or even worldwide. It's not set up that way. And what we did in our lesson as we talked about uh, Philippians 1.1 was our core verse uh, that we began with, where it says, Paul and Timothy, bondservants of Christ Jesus, to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are in Philippi, including the overseers and the deacons. And we focused upon this idea of overseer or bishop. It's the same word. Uh, we looked at the words that God uses to kind of describe this organizational level. Shepherd or pastor, same word. Uh, a lot of our friends out there talked about the preacher being the pastor. That's not the biblical concept. That's not the biblical word. Pastor, shepherd, those who nourish or feed or take care of the, the flock of God. We talked about the role of the elder. Same group of people here we're talking about. And that's somebody who's spiritually experienced. The overseer, the, the bishop, the someone who watches over this group of people. Their function is to get people to heaven. That's what it's about. Their concern is the flock, the people of God. So they're not, they're not having their fingers in other congregations. This is not some big organization in which things are being moved around and shuffled around. And there's a big disconnect between the hierarchy and the people at the bottom. That doesn't happen. Not in God's church. And so the shepherds, which is a powerful word to remind us, they are simply leading the flock. They're leading us to heaven. And what we see throughout the scriptures is there's no organization larger than this, the local congregation. There's no board. There's no headquarters. There's no disciplinary board. Each congregation is independent. They decide for themselves how close they want to walk with Jesus. And so that's, that's kind of the, the look we had with that. And, and I think a good example of that was when we laid two verses right beside each other. And that's Revelation 2 about Ephesus. And then nine verses later in Revelation 2 about Pergamum. In Revelation 2 about Ephesus, it said that they hated the doctrine of the Nicolaitans, which God also hated. Over there, nine verses later, Pergamum was holding to that doctrine. Opposite congregations. Why didn't somebody come in and straighten them out? Why didn't somebody say, hey, you got to straighten up or else? Because each congregation is separate 
and independent. Each congregation is going to make up for themselves how close or how distant they're going to be from the Word of God. I appreciate it, Roger, how right in the heart of that sermon, I, I one quote that really stood out to me, and I think it's worth everyone reflecting on here in the middle of the week, without shepherds, you told us, a church is less than what God desires for them. That is less than the pattern, less than fully mature and operational. This isn't a, well, you know, maybe you've got three different options and you choose which one you think is best. This is the goal. This is the ideal. And without shepherds, a church is less than what God is looking for. Absolutely. And and can't survive. Yeah. You know, we have a lot of single parents out there. And can they survive? Yeah, they can. But it's not the optimal way it should be. It's not the way God designed it to be. And so God designed sheep to follow a shepherd. Without a shepherd, who's going to follow who? Who knows? And where may we wind up? Who knows? And so so it was God's design, God's pattern to have shepherds to lead the flock of God. How It All Functions was the name of that sermon. And, of course, you can go back and revisit it or visit it for the first time at charlestownroad.org. It is the first in a series here in the month of August. One thing that we're doing that is a little unique to this series is on Sunday evenings, revisiting the basics of what was taught on Sunday morning. And you and I, Roger, are engaged in what we call around here a chair series. We move the the podium off to the side. We just have a couple of chairs there. And we've got a series of questions that is, in some ways, similar to the format of this podcast. It helps us Think through a little more deeply, a little more on a practical level, the implications of what was preached on Sunday mornings. You and I continue even this most recent sit down from this past Sunday night to be encouraged by the feedback of of our brothers and sisters right here at Charlestown Road. Why don't I run down through the list just of the basic questions that we covered on Sunday evening? It may be that that sparks some curiosity in the mind of our listeners. You can go back or and watch or listen to that dialogue from Sunday night. We explored well, in many places, there are few who want to serve. What What's the upside of shepherding the people of God? Why would I do it? Or to what point are shepherds responsible for someone's soul? We explored what are some misconceptions that people have about shepherds that just are not true. Why in the context of our church family do we often probably more often than not, use the word shepherd to describe this work. We went back to Acts 14 and noticed how elders were appointed in every church. Titus, Titus chapter 1 and verse 5 tells us, was to appoint elders in every city. 
how how was that possible then and have we made it on the flip side nearly impossible for someone to be appointed in that work we asked is it the job of the shepherds to fix every problem in my life we explored what can I, as a member of this church family, do to help our shepherds in their work. We zoomed out a little what qualities make a good leader, and how does the Holy Spirit, we read in Acts twenty twenty eight, Paul said the Holy Spirit made those men overseers. What's that mean? How does he do it? Roger, those are the sorts of things maybe not often covered in a sermon, but really good to continue to explore because we know from experience those are the sorts of questions on people's minds. Absolutely, and and we will continue that this coming Sunday night as we go through part two of our lesson. We've already got a list of questions that we've already kind of laid out before each other and We'll just kind of keep lowering that net and talking about those things. But it does. It, it allows us to maybe go down some avenues that just wouldn't fit in a normal sermon and allows us to discuss this and have this exchange with each other. And I think it's just a, a profitable way of really getting this picture of what God wants and how valuable it is to have shepherds. One thing I love about it is it has the power to show someone in the pew watching and listening, taking notes maybe. Well, I'm not the only one with that sort of question, and it shows them it's okay to ask questions, and maybe you and I, our interaction back and forth just briefly on stage is a kind of conversation starter for them so that they can dig it a little deeper and learn more. It's a great format, and I'm excited to be a part of that. Okay, so that was this past Sunday. Uh, listeners can go back and charlestownroad.org, explore that more if they would like. What I'd like to do for the next few minutes is take us back to Philippians chapter 1, verse 1. That is where you started. You read it for us earlier, Paul and Timothy giving this greeting to the saints who are at Philippi with the overseers and deacons. Let me ask you, okay, let's try and put ourselves in the sandals of someone who's living there 2,000 years ago in Philippi. They're very interested in Jesus. Maybe they have met that jailer who crossed paths in a powerful way personally with Paul and Silas. There is good news that has been permeating Philippi. They believe that God is one. No more of these Philippian idols. They love the idea of Jesus But I'm just not sure about the church. We know, of course, that is a very common idea in 2022. I love Jesus. I believe in God. I want to go to heaven. I'm not sure about the church. And so let's just stay right here in Philippians 1.1. Paul, or Roger, first of all, if you put yourself in the, the sandals of Paul, and you have the opportunity to express to someone, you need overseers. Philippians 1 verse 1, Why? How would you answer that question? Well, we need we need that because we need spiritual 
guidance. And uh, there are so many parallels between the church and the home. Why does why does a child now we understand a newborn and infant they're not able to take care of themselves, but from about six years old, why does a kid need parents? Well, because they they're young, they're young, and they need guidance, they need instructions, and so it is in in, in spiritual terms just as well. We have such a mixture. We have Christians who's been around a long time, decades and decades. They got a lot of experience. We got some brand new babes in Christ. And there's a lot of dangers out there. There's a lot of things that they haven't learned yet. There's a lot of things that, that being a little bit naive, they may get caught up in. And back to that first century world, they have left paganism, but there's that pullback. Maybe their friends or their coworkers are still into that. And they may say, well, really, there's nothing wrong with both, doing both of them. Why don't you do both of them and you're covering all your bases? And without really thinking that out, how easy it is to get into things like that. So overseers, shepherds, those are going to keep leading me on that path to heaven. They're going to be there to help me and to warn me and to guide me. We need that, not just in the first century. We need it today in our world today because we're still attacked. We're still led by lots of things. So many influences come in our lives. So much things that we hear all the time. And all of us, from the most mature to, to the simplest among us, we need to have that encouragement, that example before us. This is what God wants me to do. I love how Paul in Philippians, same letter, chapter 3, verse 17, says, Brothers, join in imitating me and, listen to what he goes on to say, keep your eyes on those who walk according to the example you have in us. Paul is imitating Christ. He calls on these brothers and sisters. You imitate me as I'm imitating Christ. But he also realizes he's not in Philippi in the flesh, right? And so what does he say? Keep your eyes on those who are walking to this example. You highlighted on Sunday Overseers are examples to the flock. We need those examples. Earlier in the chapter, chapter 3, verse 2, he says, look out for the dogs. Look out for the evildoers. Look out for those who mutilate the flesh. Now, he, he expected everybody to do that, but if anybody was going to take the lead in that, it is overseers. We need those in the first century. And the 21st century. I mean, and, and again, back to that analogy of the, of the parent and the child. I mean, don't we do that when we just go out for a walk and maybe we're coming to an intersection? And what does mom or dad do? They grab the hand of that little one and tell them, stop, look both ways. Uh, you know, we're just preparing them to be adults. We're, we're helping them out. That's what spiritual leaders do. Uh, another great verse here in Philippians is chapter 4, verse 9. The things you have learned, received, and heard, and seen in me, practice these things, and a God of peace will be with you. That idea of being mentored, following the leader. Now, now our culture today, you know, praises those who are the lone wolf. I'm going to seek my own path. I, I follow no one. That, that, that's kind of uh, emphasized in our time today. That's not the biblical way to go. God's not looking for the unique, the unusual, the different. God's looking for those who are going to follow Jesus. And so what shepherds do is they remind us of this. 
They remind us I need to stay on this path because this is the path that's going to get me to heaven. All right. So I hear overseers in Philippians 1.1. Why do I need deacons? And, and deacons are servants. Uh, that's where the word comes from. It's the idea of being a servant. And, and what, what deacons do is, is they serve, first of all, they serve in Christ and then they serve each other. And they help us become what we are. They help us to make worship the way it should be. They help us to, uh, communicate with each other and do so many different things in there. And what their example is, and they had to have an example before us, is that you, you donate your time. You donate your talents. You donate your, you become a servant. And what the servant is all about is pleasing the master. The master is not the church. The master is Jesus. And that's the heart of Christianity. Jesus came to serve and not be served. And so that, that's the, the idea of discipleship, of following Jesus. And so deacons are right before us, and that's what they're doing. They're serving. They're making things easier for us. They're making things helpful for us. They're doing a lot of things so the overseers can keep their eyes on the sheep and all these other little details that need to be done, servants can do those things. Roger, one of the things you have really helped me see, and I appreciate it so much, I'll use the end of Philippians chapter 4 as a good example. You know, we often in the 21st century think of deacons in terms of, okay, light bulbs and parking lot asphalt and things like that. But what did these men do in the first century before those sorts of concerns. Well, we know Philippians 4.14 that the Philippians, that church in Philippi, had helped Paul, had shared in his trouble. Well, what does he mean by that? In verse 15, he says, you Philippians yourselves know that in the beginning of the gospel, when I left Macedonia, no church entered into partnership with me in giving and receiving except you only. Even in Thessalonica, you sent me help for my needs once and again. Not that I receive the or seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that increases to your credit. He tells them in this letter, I have received full payment and more. You're fond of asking, and I think rightly so. Well, who did that? Who who was responsible for that sort of money? It's hard for me to imagine an overseer of the flock in Philippi leaving the flock and traveling maybe hundreds of miles away. But isn't it a really good possibility that one of the servants was charged with that task? Dedicated and trustworthy and shown himself and proven himself to be spiritual. The other side of that is, how did the Philippians get this letter? Um, you know, Paul didn't stick it in the mail and put a stamp <laughs> on it, and one day they opened up, hey, here's an inspired letter from Paul. Uh, Paul's in Rome, and Philippi's a long way away from that. As, as these deacons or servants brought support to the Apostle Paul, how likely it was that they took an inspired letter from them back to the overseers to be read before the congregation. This is from God via the Apostle Paul. These are some things that we need to know about. And, and so that, that two-way street there. Now, we know in the first century, uh, we got places in Romans that talks about this and other places, uh, the book of Philemon talks about this, that the brethren met in their homes. They, they didn't have church buildings. 
a lot of times we make deacons just maintenance men, and that's all they do. They change light bulbs, and, and they just sweep the carpet, and that's all they do. But I think they had a much larger, much more important spiritual task before them. And so in this church, Paul's recognizing those who oversee the saints, those who are servants, who can be counted upon and are dedicated, great people that make a church what it is. All right, one more here. I hear from Philippians 1, verse 1, overseers, I hear deacons, but I also see saints. Why, in an era when many love the idea of I'll just live stream from my living room on Sunday morning. Why do I need flesh and blood brothers and sisters in Christ in my life? Absolutely. And first of all, just just to clarify this, he's not writing to dead people. You don't write to dead people. So saints here are sanctified. He's talking about the Christians at that church. This is not, as some of our friends use, talk about those who have gone on and they've been appointed to some kind of sainthood. That's not what this is. This is Christians. This is people alive. This is people that are going to receive this letter and read it. And, And what Paul's realizing is we're in a fellowship. We're in this together. And one of the reasons why we need each other is just for that very reason. Uh, I, I saw on Facebook the other day that this this little caption this guy this guy is standing in front of a camera and he had a folded piece of paper and it says do you want to meet my ex and he opens up the paper and the word church is written there mm. and so his ex was the church he said that's where a lot of people are today uh, I'm getting along pretty good I can just watch it on the the tablet or the phone and I can go about my life what you're missing is your opportunity to serve what you're missing is the interaction what you're missing is the hugs the handshakes the belonging that's part of Christianity we are a family of Christ imagine a mom and dad and kids but dad had a separate apartment he never came home well, you're going to miss it. Something's going to happen, and, and the, the life as it should be is not going to go on there. That's what happens when we're away. Uh, sure, we may be getting a message, and that's an important thing to do, but what we're missing is my opportunity to serve, my opportunity to be encouraged, my opportunity to sing with others, the blending of our voices together, the, the sharing of our tears and our joys together, and helping one another. That's the fellowship of Christ, and God wants us to be together. And, 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 and let's just, let's just be honest here. If you're one of our listeners and you've been staying away, uh, we need to be getting back. We need to be getting back, uh, where, you know, the, the time of staying away is kind of past and we need to see how important it is to get back. You're, you're missing in your life. Now you may think nothing's changed. I'm getting along great, but you don't realize you have missed and you don't realize that there's a part of your life that's just not the way it should be. And so, Paul writes this, not just to the overseers, not just to the deacons, but he includes the saints because that's the church, and we all are part of that. How It All Functions was the title of the sermon. I would certainly encourage you, if you have not watched or listened to that Sunday morning sermon, the Sunday evening chair series to follow, we're serious about growing in our understanding of God's plan and following that plan in our individual lives and the life of this local church. Roger, thank you for serving us in that way. Of course, this evening we are excited 
to gather together, spend time together. I loved how on Sunday morning, you just before we even read from Scripture said, there seemed to be a, a, a buzz, an energy about us. And you highlight it. We, we love being together. We love being together in this place. And we've got another opportunity this evening, 7 o'clock p.m. It is our Wednesday evening summer series, our theme in Christ alone. We're excited to have Brother Terry Slack join us and not just talk about any phrase from that hymn, but our key phrase for the entire year, I am his, he is mine. I'm excited to hear what Terry adds to that whole thing that we have been focused on all year long. Roger, Sunday morning, you're going to take this whole idea a step further. We are. We're going to talk about the work that shepherds must do. We're going to be focusing a little bit more about the work that they actually do, the character of the people that's involved, and just keep going on and on as we're looking at this. Again, Sunday night, we'll be coming back and having some questions that just deal with this idea, dropping our nets a little bit lower as we get this concept of what God wants us to be. Thanks for joining me today, Roger. Thanks to all of you for listening to This Week at Charlestown Road. We'd love to see you 7 o'clock p.m. this evening. We're already looking forward to Sunday, the best day of the week, sermon 9.30 a.m., Bible classes for all ages after that, our chair series 5 o'clock p.m. It's going to be a great day, and we would love to have you come and grow with us. 